0: Uh, okay. Um. Wait. So, uh, you were saying you were asking me uh, about technology, and you were saying David Philson, who's a friend of ours from church, he's a pastor. He thinks that heaven's gonna be an Apple store. What What do you mean by that?
1: Well, he I've just heard him comment several times in class that he yeah. just loves going in the Apple store, yeah. and I've seen him come out of it. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I
0: <laughs> did he Did he always come out with
1: like a new uh, well, piece of technology? I, I would I would assume David's got. The newest yeah. of the technologies. Yes, yeah, the latest. Mm-hmm. It's funny, right? Because,
0: um, you know, even in, in this, like, conversation, thinking about, uh, like, is it bad? that Like, what's – is it good? Is it bad? Is it neither good? Like, is it um, good or bad? I don't know. Because I'm thinking if it does good things, the technology is helpful. Well, then great. But then how much can it, like, distract us from each other? Or oh, can absolutely. It,
1: you, it, know? you know, it's like everything. Anything can become an idol. yeah. Uh, have you ever read um, Keller's book? Yes. Counterfeit oh, Gods. Yeah. Counterfeit Gods. Yes. Great book because yes. everybody's got idols. Yes. And, um, uh, it can become one real uh, easily. Uh, it's not my particular yeah. idol. Yeah. Um, it, it can become one. Yeah. And good things can become
0: idols. Yeah. Yeah. Books can become idols. Oh man. But books are so full of good stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, but it's what, okay. So we were just talking earlier about books. Um, what do you I love books so much? What do you like about books? Um and then tell us a little bit more what are you reading currently? You're just telling me.
1: Um well when I first became a Christian, or before I became a Christian, I didn't read for pleasure at all mm-hmm. or just read things upon a sign. Huh. And when I became a Christian, I just became much more curious about things in general. I've heard other friends of mine mention that they had a similar experience, but mm-hmm. um, I read for a lot of different things, sometimes just for pure pleasure, and then mm. it'll be a page turner. Um, uh, but I like reading history. I like reading, uh, Yeah, I don't read a lot of contemporary Christian books, mm. but there are some uh, writers that I really do like mm. a whole lot. Such as? Uh, I love Bonhoeffer. Yeah. I love Elul. Huh. Um, Who's, is that, what is Elul? Jacques, Jacques Elul huh. is a, French social theorist and theologian. You were telling me about him, yes. Um, uh, both of them are very deep thinkers. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and uh, both of them lived at a time where they had, you know, they lived during the Second World War. Uh, uh, you know, obviously Bonhoeffer yep. fought against Hitler and was killed for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Elul uh, was a officer in the French resistance uh. Uh, before he became a theologian. Wow and college professor. So both of them lived in tough times, um, lived in times that were ambiguous, Mm. um, kind of hard to, kind of hard to understand what's right and what's wrong. Um, you know, I think of Bonhoeffer, uh, when his own Lutheran church decided it would hitch up with Hitler. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, you know, Hitler co-opted the church Uh. and, uh, you know, Bonhoeffer didn't get angry. Didn't appear to get angry huh. with his fellow believers, but he felt it was, it was important that he come back and help focus people on the gospel. You know, so huh. um, you know that's that's why I like those two. They're mm. they're very good thinkers. They're they have some interesting thoughts that probably wouldn't be considered overly orthodox today. Yeah. But, um yeah. but I'm um, convinced both of them um. really knew the Lord and were filled mm. with
0: the Holy Spirit. Mm. Well, wow. oh that is so that's so cool. Um so uh I'm just struck. Um we'll we'll jump in here. So you guys, uh Houston Clark, Philosophy, my sweet roll, and I'm joined here by my long-lost, now found cousin Buzz Carter. Uh and we uh I, okay, Buzz, will you will you tell the connection how we're connected? I still, yeah. How are we connected?
1: My grandmother, uh huh, and your great grandfather were yep. brother and sister. Okay, all right. Lawrence Clark, yep, and Joanne Clark, uh huh, um, grew up in Essequina County, Mississippi, uh-huh. um, right on the river uh-huh. before there were roads. Wow, uh, the the Mississippi River was their road. Wow, and uh, their dad would. Um, would hire a tutor. that was no school there. Dad would hire a tutor to come live with them every winter huh. and tutor the kids until they were old enough for college. Huh. Um, so that was how they grew up. Wow, wow. Okay, so that's where. What what county did you say? It's Aquina. It's where's that? It's on the Mississippi River, um, halfway between Memphis and New Orleans. Okay, okay. North of Vicksburg.
0: Wow. Oh, so good. okay. So you guys, I got a text. I think, I think it was my dad who texted or called me and said, Hey, there's this guy who's in Nashville. He, he's our cousin. Uh, his name is Buzz Carter and, and you got to connect with him. And I was like, what? And so, uh, a couple, like, like a month ago or so, um, Buzz and I contacted each other and, and we went and grabbed dinner with him and his wife, chicky and my wife, Grace. And it was just, a, it was so fun. It was such a, such a treat. And they're actually in our small group or we're in their, or their uh, Sunday school class at church. And, um, it was just like, Oh, it was so fun. And so, you guys, as I was um, thinking about this podcast and like what to what to make of it and how to have conversations that are deeper than just oh you know you like that I like this but what is true about the world and like why why does truth matter and, and um, all those different things I was like I got to have Buzz because he is he's he's uh, you're sixty five yes okay so he's forty years my senior he's got a couple years on me and a lot of wisdom. Um, and I was like, I just, people need to hear what he has to say. I just, I think what you have to say about the world is, uh, there's a lot of profound stuff, a lot of simple stuff, but yet us young people, especially, and other people probably your age too, we just, we missed it or we don't get it as much as perhaps you do. And you're, you're no theologian or expert, but it, you got something that's like, it's beautiful. And so, um, I guess, Buzz, I'd, I'd love to hear, um, a little bit more of your story, like coming, coming to know Jesus, um, tell us like. You, you didn't grow
1: up Christian. Well, but then, yeah, I grew up in a strong, pious Episcopal huh. household. Huh. Um, my parents demonstrated very, I think, very well to me that it was in, extremely important to uh, to worship God huh. um, and uh, to respect him and huh. to live as though God existed, huh. um, which is um the way I view piety today. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord, Mm. but I had a high respect Mm. and I knew that I I had no reason not to believe that God existed. Sure. But, um, I didn't start a personal relationship with the Lord till my freshman year in college. Mm. Um, I had some fraternity brothers that started talking to me about the Lord. Mm. Um, I told them on the front end, I said, you know, we're Episcopalians and we don't do it like you do. (laughs) Uh, But it became obvious that there was something in their life that was different from my Mm -hmm. life. And um, uh, I can remember uh, them sitting down with me and going through a little trap that talked about how to become a Christian. And um, I also remember praying that spring of my freshman year. Lord, I, I don't know what it is that I'm missing, but whatever it is, I want it. Huh, huh. Um, and that's all I remember saying. But uh, I started noticing a difference in my life, and huh. I couldn't explain it. Huh. But uh, I bought a Bible, started reading that. And it was, you know, you read in the Bible about the uh, when, when, uh, when Paul was in Damascus mm-hmm. and he was anointed by um, Ananias, you know, it was like scale fell from his eyes and he could see. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, you know, I didn't have a dramatic experience yeah. at all. Yeah. But all of a sudden, things started. I would read the Bible and it would come true. Huh. It, it's kind of like it. For the very first time, it dawned on me. Huh. This is true, and there's something going on here that I've been missing, huh. even though my parents. Did everything that they knew to do huh. to try to huh. to connect me with the Lord. It just hadn't happened. Yet. Huh. Huh. So I don't fault them at all. Yeah, um, I, I appreciate the fact that they gave me the appreciation, but yeah, it wasn't my time.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Um, so something that I I think I was telling you at one point that. Um, I just feel like recently I have come to know Jesus more deeply, even just a little bit more, but it's very true and real. And it's like, it makes me want to go out and and read his word and talk to people about him and and care for people in a, in a more loving way. And, um, and so what was it in those fraternity brothers, um, that struck you? Like, what was it? Was it their kindness? Was it their, their coolness? Was it, they talked about this Jesus? Like what, what is, what are some concrete things that you noticed were just different?
1: They just seemed more complete. Huh? Then the rest of my brothers, you know, we were all looking to have a good time, right. partying, yeah. um, enjoying a little bit of freedom yeah. that we didn't have in high school, living yeah. at our parents' house. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I thought I understood where joy came from and mm. and, and how to pursue it, and, but these guys were taking a whole different path, and mm. they seemed to be doing better than the rest of my fraternity brothers. Huh. Huh. So it's just it just seemed like their lives were yeah. more joyful. Wow. Oh,
0: so then as you, as you, um, came to know Jesus for real, the, the real one, you personally, um, what are some things that begin to change in your life or your, if, if I was just observing, uh, I'd be like, huh, what's up with this buzz guy? Well, it, it would have
1: been, it would have been gradual. Okay. Uh, like I say, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a real quick turnaround, but, yeah. um, the the biggest thing to me that I noticed was that my desires changed. Mm. You know, I would read, I'd read my Bible. I'd want to go to Bible studies. Mm. I'd want to be around Christian people Mm. and hear what they had to say. Mm. Um, uh, Sometimes it's hard to know how you're coming across to other people. Mm, Yeah. Um, And, as far as I could tell, I mean, I still had all kinds of sin in my life. Mm-hmm. I still do today. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sister started noticing a difference in my life. Huh. And um, she, had, she had heard that these Campus Crusade folks who were different yeah, and they were kind of rah-rah Jesus. Yeah. She did, <laughs> you know, that wasn't what we did mm-hmm. in our family. Um, and uh, she got concerned about it. Uh, she was at a different college and she um she got with some campus crusade people to confront them about what they were doing because she wanted to know what this was about. Yeah. And because of her noticing a difference in me, uh, she ended up becoming a Christian. Wow. Um but it wasn't anything that I would have ever said. And yeah. in my in my way of looking at my lifestyle, uh, it it wasn't that I could see a whole lot of difference, but she could see a difference. Oh wow. Oh. So sometimes it's not something you even notice, but uh. I think other people's notice. Other people can notice the Lord in you, oh man, even when you're not noticing. It. Oh wow,
0: oh that's that's huge. Um, have there been some other people in your story in your life recently, over the course of the rest of your life up to this point, that that you noticed that? You know, even you're a Christian now. It's like yeah, you're going to, to heaven. You know Jesus, but even now it's like there's something different about. Well, it's tons of people. Too many to
1: mention. Yeah, yeah. But I do think Christians can tell a kindred spirit. Mm. Um, We have two people in our um, Friday morning men's Bible study Mm. from Cameroon. Mm. They've been there since 2003, 2004. Mm. In fact, the, uh, the wife of the family is the only uh, female uh, in our men's Bible study. That's awesome. <laughs> but, um, uh, it, Andre grew up in, a, in an animist family. Mm. His grandfather was a spider reader, a shaman. Wow. Um, but he became a Christian through a missionary uh, mm. school. Mm. And he and his wife are so steeped in Reformed theology And our minds are so similar that, you know, I have more in common with Mm. Andre and Sarah from Cameroon than I do with my next door neighbor. Mm. Mm. Um, uh, I think the Lord, the Lord um, is expresses himself into people, and mm. it's recognizable mm, mm. outside, even across cultures, mm. across language barriers, mm. Um, mm. so I think, um yeah, I think Christians have a witness, uh. even if they don't open their mouth. Gosh, <laughs>
0: you know, <laughs> That's so, that's so great. And in my line of work, you guys, you might know I'm I'm an RUF intern at Vandy. And so I'm hopefully, you know, using a lot of my words to talk about the gospel and share the story and talk about whatever, all that good stuff. But uh, a lot of times I'm like, I shouldn't, I just need to like uh, pray, be in the word and try to be uh, as loving as Jesus uh, and hope that somebody notices. Cause sometimes I just feel like I, I don't know the story well enough or I can't say it clearly enough. I'm not very articulate, whatever. And so uh, it's encouraging to know that the Lord, he uses it all, Um, but uh, to see how he's been impacted in that way.
1: Well, you know, for all of the incredible theology that the Lord penned through uh, Paul, Mm. um, his his biggest message was still telling the story of the Damascus Road. Gosh. Uh, And he told Uh. it uh, three times during his last trip to Jerusalem mm. and before he was sent to Rome mm. in imprisonment. Mm. Uh, the last three times he had to testify in Jerusalem, he told the same old story. Huh. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't theologically mm. profound. It was, mm. this is what changed in my life. Huh.
0: Huh. I'm thinking of also, there's a, there's a passage in one of his books about, um, I don't know if it's in reference to like if you hear another gospel, but the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that, that Jesus came, he lived, he died, and he rose again, um, that that's as simple as it gets, you know, like you could just say that. And then um, even in our, uh, were you at Sunday school last Sunday? Even yes. June? Okay. When, when David was talking about um, Charles Spurgeon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Y'all, this was Charles Spurgeon. I don't know much about this guy, but I'm, I'm learning more. I'm excited to learn more. Um, he he talked about like his first sermon, or no no no. When he became a Christian, he went to this um, uh, church, and uh, the pastor wasn't there because he was sick or he couldn't make it because it was snowing or something. So one of the guys in the church, a member of the church, stood up and just preached like a ten-minute, super simple, nothing fancy sermon. Hadn't gone to seminary, you know, whatever. And it was it was look to Jesus or look at Jesus, look at Jesus. And uh, and I, part of me is like skeptical because I'm like that just seems too kind of what maybe what your sister thought about. Um, The crew people kind of like, aha, you know, just everything crazy Jesus freaks. But there's something to it. It's like maybe by looking at Jesus, you know, through reading, thinking, praying, talking about it in fellowship with believers, like there's something profound about that. And that's that's what it seems to be. That's what seems to be the case in Scripture and and in our lives, like as we look to him. Um, Okay, transition for a second. But so I was um, I just had breakfast this morning with a friend of mine, Andrew Austin, who's in town and. We're both about the same age, and um, we, we were both talking about how we're both ambitious and eager to get out there and go, you know, take on life and, and accomplish big things. And, you know, hopefully as a byproduct, make some good money and make some good connections and make an impact and all that good stuff. And we're both believers. Yes. We need to do a pause. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Yes, let's pause.
1: One L. Okay. And I guess uh, Larry may have either been in med school or in in service if you did yeah. service time yeah I don't remember that yeah um wow uh, so they could come but yeah um wow most everybody else in the second generation was there gosh that's crazy um, man that crazy. is I, so um it's funny you mentioned that the
0: whole do you, do you have the tree the family tree written down I mean obviously you know it no I can do it for you because I might get you to – because I just think that's – yeah, show me these, these pictures. These, these are some pictures that Buzz has of our families. Um, this okay, is
1: the original family. Okay. That's your great-granddad. Okay. So North that was my Clark.
0: my grandfather's dad? Yeah. Wow. And this brilliant. is my
1: grandmother. She was the oldest in the family. So your mom or dad's mom? And this was her – the second – well, yeah, the, the second – I think your granddad was the third. Whoa. Yeah. And then there's the twins. Yeah. And here's the baby of the family. Oh my goodness. And this guy and this lady's husband were both uh, 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 American uh, pitchers. Wow. Um, uh, Brooklyn Dodgers and Cleveland Indians. Wait, 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 wait. They they both pitch in the yeah. major leagues. Yeah, in the major leagues. Wait, um, wait, wait. What's what are their names? This is Waddy. Yeah. Okay. And um, her her husband was Joe Edwards. This is Laura Bell. She wait, are you saying I have two family members that played professional yeah, baseball? They I know.
0: <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> so the Waddy, uh, Watt
1: Clark, Watt Clark, Watson Clark, Watson Clark, pitched for the Brooklyn Dodgers, and Joe Edwards pitch for Cleveland. What? Yo. D- did you all hear that? I have major league
0: blood. Uh that's that's cr- you know it's funny because um I think my parents had told me that and I just I mean I I never seen um this so it was actually it was actually him that did it or it yeah. was his He was the Dodger. He was the Dodger and her he, and her husband was the the, the Indian. Yeah. Oh my. Yo, that's crazy. That's so fun. And and those were who to you? How are they related? Great uncles. Great uncles.
1: Mm-hmm. So you knew them. Mm-hmm. Did you ever go to their games? Oh no, they they were both old. Yeah. By the time I was coming young, along, yeah, yeah. Um, you know they, you know, um, I can't, I can't even tell you what years they pitched, but um, it would have been in the early, the earliest years of the 1900s. Yeah. Oh my, that's so cool. So my dad never used to saw. Never wow. Why either? Wow.
0: That's absurd. Okay. Um, Buzz, this is fascinating. So I was asking you before, um, what were you like at 25 and in turn in like, as you became a believer and you were on the cusp of your career? Um, and then also like, what would you want to tell people like me that are just getting started? And there's like a lot of, there's some angst of like, I haven't done enough already. I'm already behind compared to my peers, you know? And I want to do big things. I want to change the world. I want to, you know, whatever. But I also like as a believer, uh, I'm called to deny myself, take up my cross and follow Jesus. I am um I'm I'm not gonna change the world like Jesus did, because I ain't Jesus. And that's a
1: good thing. Um Well, you don't know that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um you know, at twenty-five, I had no idea that I would ever become a banker. <laughs> um uh I was working for crew Hmm. uh, either in Sacramento or Southern California. Hmm. And, um, you know, I really wasn't looking out much over a year or two. Um, I was beginning to think, I don't know if I can support a family doing this Hmm. and kind of wondering what the Lord had down the road. But during the time I was, I was loving it. I was getting lots of opportunities to get stretched, um, with the different things I was doing. Hmm. um, I was loving being in California. Mm. It's a good time. Mm. Um, mm. But, you know, I don't think I had, you know, you know either I, I just don't remember. I, mm. I don't think I was overly anxious mm. about it. Then mm. I think I probably had way too much confidence <laughs> um, that I could accomplish anything. Sure. Um, and I'll just figure that out later. Sure. Um, I don't
0: really...
2: I don't really
1: know. So, um,
0: what, what, based on your knowledge of, you know, you've got two daughters, one who's 27, one who's 30, both married. Um, and so kind of in, I guess, my world of, you know, beginning, you know, a little past beginning career, but still young, have a lot, you know, left on the table, um, productivity wise, what would you want to tell us with your experience or, you know, um, having just retired last year, like what do you wish we would know or believe more that would just, you know, you, you wish yourself you had believed when it came to work and, and yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know that I have anything to tell you on that mm-hmm. other than, um, you know, the one thing that I prayed for for my daughters mm-hmm. and, and my sons in law um, mm-hmm. is that they spend regular time really trying to figure out what the Bible says saying mm.
2: uh,
1: in a group together with other people. Mm. Um, I just don't think there's anything that can, um, oh. that can substitute for that. Mm. Uh, you know, it's hard to know what's true. It's hard to, it's hard to, to know whether to trust your feelings. Mm. It's, it's hard to know what a lot of things, but um, the more you have the Bible in your head, mm. Um, I think the more you the easier it becomes to mm. follow the Lord, I think mm. the easier it becomes for the Holy Spirit to convict you when you're off course mm. um, uh so as far as what's the right attitude toward work yeah um what's the right attitude toward trying to build yourself a little empire yeah uh, whether that be a spiritual empire yeah. or a material empire um mm. I just think there's nothing that can substitute for having the Lord's words in your heart mm. and in your head so Oof. that you can get to them. Oof. Gosh. And, you know, for me, I, I started into a Bible study. Um, we There's a guy I need to call who hmm. knows what year it started because he was huh. the guy who started it huh. Huh. here in Nashville. But, um, probably around 25 to 30 years ago, wow. I started into a Bible study and um, just meeting weekly mm. with guys. We weren't very sophisticated. Mm. Um, uh, but um, uh, just the discipline of getting in the Bible week after week, mm. um, it just, it just uh, over time, it can help you understand things that you're doing things that you're pursuing that are wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it can give you encouragement when, you, when mm-hmm. you're um, in tough times. Mm-hmm. This morning, the guy who led our group for, for decades was was talking. He says, you know, there's one day a week that when I wake up in the morning, all of my clothes are laid out. Uh, he says, but my wife wants me to go to Bible study. <laughs> Because she wants me to come home with more of the Lord's word in my head. Mm. And um, uh, we we laugh about that. Yeah, You know, we laugh about thinking it's for us, but actually it's for our wives. It's for our kids. It's for the people that we are around, you know, not just us. That's
0: important.
1: Wow.
0: Um, Okay, man. Um, Buzz, what is, uh, we were talking before, too, about epistemology uh which is the study of how we can know things. Is that is that the right? How to know what's true? How to know what's true? Okay. So I guess tell tell us or tell me like uh, where did that come from? Why do you think that's important? Um, and wh- what do you read? What What are you hoping to get from it? What are you? Yeah.
1: Well, from things we've talked about mm-hmm. already, um, you know that I'm really focused on having you know having the Bible in your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that truth is um, truth is God's word mm. um, that we that revelation from God mm-hmm. uh, given to men is the one thing that we can absolutely count on mm. but in addition to that you know it's it's important for the health of a country mm. for the health of the, of a group of people where mm. people don't necessarily all Believe the same, Mm. but it's important for people to understand how do you sift through Mm. all of the news and fake news and know what's of what. Yeah, Um, that's hard, Mm. you know. And I think uh, we're struggling with that more today than -hmm. than we have in the past. I think, Mm. and it may be good that we're struggling with it. Mm. I hope people are asking questions.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, uh, I know. Christian friends of mine are asking questions about it. Yeah, um, but you know, trying to figure out what's right, mm. um, and I think there there definitely are um, there are ways to go about that. Mm. Um, uh, you know, there's philosophical epistemology, and mm-hmm. then there's practical. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, how do you determine whether a historian is being accurate or not? Mm-hmm. Um, because there are rules that you know we teach in mm. history today that help people try to try yep. to learn to be more objective. Yep. Although you never can be completely objective. Yeah. There are yep. rules in journalism. Yeah. About how do you determine? How do you try to make sure you're being an objective? Mm. Um, and you know, people today just think, well, it's it's whether you're you're listening to the right news media. Mm. You know, and. and are they following good, good journalistic practices or not? Mm-hmm. What, how understand. okay. Um, wh-
0: how, um, why would you say, like, what are some, some things um, that when, you, why just trying to follow if it's Fox or CNN, you know, or this, this political pundit, who, whoever it might be, um, why is that not good enough? Or why does that not get at the issue? Like what's, what's it lacking or what does it do wrong or, like why?
1: Well, I yeah. think people are confused today, mm. trying to decide which one's right and which one's not. Yeah, um, uh, you know, and it's it's a tough thing. Mm. Um, and I'm hoping people struggle with that. Mm. I'm hoping they listen to to a range of of voices mm. and try to pick through and understand. The biases mm. that are there, and, and whether people are trying to work hard to try to mm. to try to eliminate as much bias as possible.
2: Mm.
1: Mm. You know, um, I think there are definitely people in the world uh, who believe that speech should simply be practical. Huh. Um, truth doesn't matter. Mm. I, I have an agenda, mm. and um, if I say something. Regardless of whether it's factual, uh, if it helps promote my agenda, you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that's part of propaganda. Yeah, um, uh, and understanding understanding what is propaganda and what's not mm. is um, is is a tough thing. Mm. Um, we talked earlier about one of my favorite authors, Jacques mm. Ellul, mm. is more famous as a social theorist than mm. he is a theologian. Mm. And he taught social theory uh, at the University of Bordeaux for years, mm-hmm. and um, he wrote a book called Propaganda, mm-hmm. which I read, gosh, decades ago, and it helped me understand: um, there's speech with with an agenda, mm-hmm. and then there's speech that's seeking for the truth, Ooh. and um, and uh, you have to try to understand the motives behind what you're reading.
0: Mm-hmm um okay starting to wrap up I've, I've got a lot more questions but i don't want to keep you too long um what gives you confidence that the word of god is more true than what you see on the news um yeah like what specific, what are some of those things maybe epistemologically that you know it's like oh it it it, it meets this mark or it it does this or it has that what are some things that give you real confidence that the word of god is is true it's ultimately true
1: well um, I believe that God spoke through prophets hmm. um, spoke through messengers hmm. um, over the years hmm. and I think that um uh, that believers uh have been able to recognize when God is speaking and when God is not speaking. Hmm. Um, and have come up with 66 books that we call the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, and uh, with, with the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, I believe also that, uh, we, we talked a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. um, Romans 8 tells us that our spirit testifies with the spirit mm-hmm. that we're children of God. Mm. Uh, you know, we're also told that the Holy Spirit will help us to understand and mm. recall the words mm. of Jesus. And I think um, there's an internal uh, uh, existential confirmation mm. Mm. Um, that has gone on for centuries mm. and for millennia mm. that have testified that, our God chose to reveal himself in two ways mm. well, in, in multiple ways, mm. but one is through um, through that which is created. Mm. Uh, one is through the fact that he took on flesh mm. and lived among us and we beheld him. Mm. Um, you know thousands of people beheld him mm. Um, mm. and saw him mm. and he showed us who the invisible God is. Mm. Um, and he, I believe he also has put his words in the mouth of people mm. that have been painstakingly mm. reproduced throughout the years. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, th- I think he speaks to us in all of those ways, mm. but I do believe that what we have today that we mm. can count on, since, since Jesus is not still walking on earth, mm. is the uh, the eyewitness accounts that happened after you know, for, from mm. those who saw him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and from those who saw him before he was born.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, we talked about David Filson earlier. Filson and I both believe that the, the first gospel is Isaiah. Huh. Uh, because we do believe Isaiah was an eyewitness to Jesus. And he huh. he puts in chapters 52 and 53 one of the most incredible descriptions of the life Jesus was going to live huh. and the purpose he would fulfill, huh. uh, you know, hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Oh, wow. So um, I think, um, I think you know, in addition to that, you have just tons of prophecies that huh. were made that were fulfilled in Christ. Huh. And I think it's reliable. Hmm. And I think, um, I know from my own experience, I just, you know, God confirms Mm. His word in my heart when I study. Mm. Mm. Not every day. Sure. But um but he does.
0: Gosh. Uh, anybody interested in following uh Buzz's God? I am. Uh whew. That was awesome, Buzz. Um okay, wrapping up, a uh, couple of random things. Uh if I gave you a million dollars right now,
1: what would you do with it? Ah. Uh. Not really sure. I think about that. (laughs) You know, um, I I guess I'm a a little bit at a loss for words. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, frankly speaking, most of us, when you're first starting out, it may not be the case, but a lot of us have at least some money Mm -hmm. we have access to that we don't need to to use for today to pay today's bills. Mm-hmm. So we all have a little excess money and we all yeah. have to struggle every yeah you know, on a regular basis yeah. to decide how much of what we have mm-hmm. are we going to keep and how much are we going to give and where mm-hmm. we give it to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and I think uh where we give it to um is something that comes you know, I think the Lord just shows you that. Jake mm-hmm. uh, and I um uh, it, it, you know, we, we don't have a special time every year where we go through, but we we do at least once a year sit mm. down and go through our giving and try to figure out how much do we give and how much do we keep. Mm. Um, mm. And that's always a struggle
2: mm. uh,
1: trying to decide. And I think the Lord wants us to struggle with it. Mm. It's not something that you, you get the you get the final answer when you're 42. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then you know it. It's, right. it's not that way. It's not. You know, we, we'll probably be struggling with that till, yeah. till we're gone. Are we keeping too yeah. much? Are we getting yeah. enough? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I didn't
0: really answer your question. No, no, no. That's I great. No, that's, that's funny. Why? Well, yeah. <laughs> Watch out, man. He's running. No, maybe not yet. But, um, okay. Well, uh, Buzz, this has just been such a treat. I, seriously, you guys, this is the reason I started this was so you could hear from people like Buzz that uh, they're normal, they have flesh and bones. Uh, they're messed up, they're sinful, but gosh, they're great. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I just, I so enjoy just listening. Um, so thanks for, thanks for being with us. And um, yeah. And shout out to Jicky, his lovely wife who um, she's in the building, but uh, doing other things, but we just, we, Grace and I have loved getting to know y'all and look forward to continuing to do so. Um, so, here. so thanks for, thanks for being so kind to us, but that's uh, that's a wrap on our time with Buzz Carter. Um, listen in next time for more good stuff make you think about the real things in life. Um, So peace out for now.